podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the ice hockey podcast for Chelmsford Chieftain fans. This is episode 13. It is now too late to say Happy New Year. And we've got another jam-packed episode for you. This week, we've got the match reports from the Oxford City Stars road trip. We've also got the match report from the Real Essex Derby as the Raiders Junior descended onto the Riverside again. We've also got our exclusive coaches' thoughts, a roundup of the other results in the NRHL 1, Warriors results, hit of the week and some special guests. Firstly, we'll be getting stripey as we are joined by two Elite League referees as we are joined by James Ions and Stephen Matthews. Uh, it'll be really interesting to get their perspective on, on the game of hockey, doing the hardest job in the fastest sport in the world. Uh, and after starring in teammates for us over the Christmas period, number 93 Dan Hitchens is joining me to discuss his hockey career, his time at Chelmsford and answering your questions. So we'll start with the short notice rearranged trip to the Oxpens to face Oxford City Stars. An open start at the Oxpens with both teams feeding their way back in after the two week break. But it was the home side who drew first as Lauday broke down the left and whilst blocked in on the boards by two chieftains, he reversed the pass into Hedges all alone in the slot and he finished top shelf pass check on 5.56. It went from bad to worse for the visitors as a good play from Oxford saw Hedges shot tipped in at close range by Lauday and the host led 2-0 on 7.44. Chelmsford's defencemen were on hand as the puck seems to be bouncing off of check and causing havoc in the defensive zone. Towards the end of the first, the Chieftain's pressure finally cracked Ross Miller as Cam Bartlett fed Grant Bartlett at the top of the slot and his slap shot flew through the five hole of the Welsh netminder for 2-1 at 18-27. The Chieftains pushed hard for the remainder of the first but failed to find the equaliser and the first finished 2-1. At the start of the second, the Chieftains got straight back on the attack and on 24-29, Cam Bartlett's shot was stopped by Miller but Grant was there on the rebound to make it 2-2. On 31-39, the Stars retook the lead when Shannon Taylor, now wearing 13 after a wardrobe malfunction, shot wide of Czech's right pipe and as the puck came off the boards at a 45 degree angle, he skated across the crease and finished backhanded past Czech, making it 3-2 to Oxford. And that's how the second period finished. Into the third, and another good move from Oxford at 45-27 after plenty of open play at the start, resulted in Lorde finding Abbott, who finished with class, and Oxford gave you the feeling that they thought they had it in the bag. 
But 49-55, a bit of a scuffle in the Oxford defensive zone saw Grant Bartlett and Joe Llewellyn both get two for roughing. Saunders called a timeout and the Chieftains, within just, with just 10 seconds to go in the four on four, Dan Hitchens fed TJ Fillery, who finished brilliantly high across Miller, and whatever Saunders said in the timeout clearly worked. Chieftains continued to push, and on 56 11, Ollie Baldock stole the puck in the neutral zone, skated round two, and finished past Miller to make it 4 4, and into overtime we went. Chieftain started the overtime period the stronger <clears throat> with the Bartlett's and Ethan Reed and created a good chance when Reed and Cam Bartlett went through two on one, but Miller pulled out an absolutely world class save. But at just one thirty seven, Ollie Baldock with almost a carbon copy goal of the equaliser got the Chiefs to two points, earned with a spirited fight backs from two nil and four two down, and an overtime win should leave the whole team upbeat and right up for an Essex Derby at the packed out Riverside. Another home sellout at the Riverside as ice hockey returns to Chelmsford for the first time in 2023. Raiders Junior were the visitors for the third Essex derby of the season and it was one apiece so far and this affair started with the Chieftains firmly in control. Having plenty of the puck and plenty of chances to try and beat the returning Sonny Phillips who got a fantastic reception from the home fans. The game's first goal came on 9.59 after Dan Fay fed Grant Bartlett down the left and he swooped in from the circles and finished top shelf past Sonny Phillips. Less than 30 seconds later, Raiders had a power play opportunity as Pentecost was sent to the box for holding a stick, but the Chiefs killed the penalty. On 13.02, Chieftains extended their lead as the released Pentecost slipped in Cam Bartlett, who smashed home for 2-0. The first appeared to be going all Chieftains' way until a slight lapse in concentration let Canis slip in Anderson, and he squared for Marco Pascali, who squeezed the finish under Luca Tassadri. End of the first, 2-1. The second started in feisty fashion and on 22-25, Chris Beckett was given five for boarding Ellie Wakely. Then on 23-07, Ollie Baldock was given two for slashing and the Chiefs had to kill two minutes of five on three. They did so with full success and got a power play themselves when Thomas Wilson got two for slashing on 26-27, but the Raiders killed that one off. The period went by with no further goals, but another penalty for Callum Burnett saw the Chieftains on the kill for nearly 12 minutes of the 20. Into the third period and Anderson was beginning to run the game for Raiders and his influence was being felt all over the ice. This bore fruit for the Raiders when Nathan Long equalised on 51-10, even-handed and unassisted. Seconds later, Elliot Dervish was boxed for boarding and then shortly after that, Chumpsford regained the lead on the power play when Grant spread the puck to Cam and his slap shot was tipped in by Matty Turner. A minute later, Archie Salisbury was boxed for holding and Marco Pascali for roughing, both on 53-38, and the Raiders' bench received two for abusive officials. Chieftains nearly settled the tie when Ethan Reed and Cam Bartlett combined to release Grant, who went mono a mono with Sonny Phillips, but smashed the puck against the crossbar. Cam Bartlett was sent to the box on 55-14 for cross-checking, and on 55-33, in the four-on-four, Anderson won a turnover in the neutral zone, went down the Raiders' left, passed across the crease, where Karakuskas tipped the puck over the line, and we had 3-3. Into overtime, we went. Chieftains dominated the early part of overtime, starting again with the Bartlett brothers and Ethan Reid, and pushed the Raiders back using a patient approach. 
Raiders broke a couple of times two on one and drew some tru truly top draw world-class saves from Luca Tassadri, including a point-blank glove save that would not have looked out of place in any NHL game. However, 3.59 into overtime, Marco Pascali took the puck coast-to-coast, -coast, down the right and smashed the finish over to Tassadri's blocker and the Raiders stole the victory. The final Essex derby of the season will take place at the Sapphire on March the 11th and who knows, a playoff quarter-final could possibly be in the future as well. Two games going into overtime this week, so some heavy legs on Monday morning, I'm sure. For me, the away game at Oxford showed signs that the Christmas break didn't really do us any favours, but I think that our quality through the roster got us through in the end, and a very dominant overtime display. The Raiders game was a funny old game, elements of it that were very much a derby game with a lot of physicality, but there were times where the game felt slightly pedestrian. Uh, definitely felt like a point lost rather than a point gained, but three points from four is a 75% weekend and there's not many better outcomes than that. So let's get Mark Saunders' view on the weekend's games. Yeah, to summarise over the weekend, obviously we had that Oxford away game that was a, obviously a rescheduled fixture, so it ended up being a doubleheader weekend. The, the game away in Oxford, I thought that we were, you know, we were kind of patchy in parts but we were obviously brilliant in parts as well um, and it's about finding that consistency I think we did really well to dig ourselves out of a hole obviously going 2-0 down and then 4-2 down and then to you know to tie it up um, I think with about three minutes left and then win it in overtime I think that's the you know that's the most dominant we've looked in overtime I was really pleased with how we played in overtime possibly expelled a little bit more energy than I would have liked to have, have done but um you know having the the the, week, the weeks break uh, the couple of weeks break over christmas it's always going to be a bit of a a bit of a slow start getting into it um but you know we two points there on on saturday which is what we're after and then obviously you know throw form out the window it's an essex derby um neither team needs an excuse to get up for that there's there's you know there's there's numerous reasons to get up for for an Essex derby, you know, the Romford Chelmsford games are, are, are huge games, especially in front of a sellout, you know, crowd in our in our building last night. You know, we felt the energy and we I thought we got out to a really good start. Obviously going two 0 up and then uh, unfortunately, you know, a, a momentary lapse at the end of the first and all of a sudden the period feels a little bit closer than it has been. I thought we were completely in control throughout that first period. You know, everyone's up, everyone's jovial. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of, you know, there was a bit of a mood change. It felt like a bit of a sucker punch. But we knew that we'd been very, very good for, you know, 19 and a half minutes there. So, you know, we felt like we weren't in trouble. Obviously, that second period, you know, littered with penalties. Our penalty kill has been very good um, and continues to be very good. So that's obviously pleasing. I'd like to not to have to use it as much as we, as we did last night. But, you know, when it's there, you have to lean on it. And I thought the boys came through. Those penalties, I think we must have been you know, killing for at least, you know, 10, 12 minutes of that period. You know, it's not a spot that we want to be in, but, you know, we, we got it done. And then to get into the third and um, I think, the, the, you know, the game really opened up, which is obviously, you know, great for the fans. Um, not so great to, to watch on the bench, to have it kind of go backwards and forwards a little bit like a tennis match, but... Yeah, again, in 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 parts, I thought we were in control. You know, we've we've got our systems and we played them well in parts. And we know at times that you know where we need to sit, where we need to press, and and how we do that. Um, I think that we executed well in parts, and then obviously, you know, we end up 
three two up just just before the end and then they tie it up late and and take us to overtime um you know two games and two nights of overtime that's going to take it out of you and when you're leaning on certain guys to to get you through those late patches in games and get you through overtime periods you know um the guys are going to get tired and and again i thought that was a i thought that was a, a good overtime period from from both teams you know two two teams very clear game plans and what they were going to do in in overtime you know we were kind of wait you know going to sit and and wait a little bit for our two on one when it came and and that was very much the message the same as the saturdays you know sit and keep puck and wait for a two on one and and, and take that chance when you get it you know they were romford were, were keen on playing man on man so you kind of you know it's a, it's a battle of systems there and you know, they get that break. That that guy comes all the way around from uh, from behind the net. You know, we played the played the middle, clogged the middle, and uh, you know, I think it was um, Marco Piscali comes all the way down that right hand side there. And you know, that I mean, that's a that's a great shot by him. Uh, you know, he, he stuck that on a postage stamp, and you know, it's just really unlucky. You know, there was a couple of huge saves, and Luca Luca was absolutely brilliant last night. You know, um, some some saves that were just kind of you know, straight out the top drawer, and and he's been very very good of late. Um, uh, you know, and it, it's just that one lucky shot, you know, and that's what overtime is. It's what it's designed to do. You know, you get one lucky shot, and 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 that's it. If we'd have had the, if we'd have had that shot down the other end, or we grab a rebound, or it just squeaks underneath um, down the other end, then obviously the game's ours. But you know, it's a bit of a, it feels like a bit of a sucker punch. But at the end of the weekend, we've come away with three points out of four, and that's a good haul for us. Yeah, we want to be winning those games, and yeah, we want to be winning at home. Um, we want to be performing better, but I think you know. With four points on offer to take three of them, that's a good haul for us. And obviously, mind back on the league, uh, on the cup campaign. Now we've got you know the, obviously the semi final against Slough home and away this weekend, which again you know that's another young energetic team, um, and we need to hit our stride this weekend. Two really good practices, two really hard practices. Um, a little bit more consistency in in what our lineup looks like now. So we know what we're going to be looking at. We're going to work hard in practice, and we're going to take a good hard run at this Slough team. And you know very much the the look is to stamp our space for our place for a final spot in uh in february so that's the plan this week and that's what we're aiming for after next weekend two games against slough so we look forward to seeing everybody in uh packing the ring in slough and and in chelmsford at home on uh, on sunday so good week from us and we look forward to seeing everybody next weekend Thank you to Mark Saunders for his thoughts on the weekend's games there, that three-point weekend for the Chelmsford Chieftains. Other results then in the NIHL 1 on Saturday. The Solent Devils were beaten 6-4 at home by the Invicta Dynamos. That's a rehearsal for their cup semi-final there. And the Raiders Junior lost 3-4 at home to the Milton Keynes Thunder as that game went to overtime. In the NIHL 2 on Saturday, the Warriors were defeated 6-0 at home by Swindon. Uh, unfortunate result there for the Warriors. Uh, in the Sunday's games, Invicta Dynamo's got themselves a four-point weekend as they defeated Oxford City Stars by 5-3 to three down in Gillingham. Milton Keynes Thunder went to overtime again and got a four-point weekend as they defeated Slough by three goals to two. And the two top teams in the league went head-to-head at the high road as Streatham Redhawks beat Solent Devils 3-2. First time in a long time that Solent have gone the whole weekend without winning. Uh, in the juniors for the Chelmsford, uh, for Chelmsford, the under-12 mini Chieftains got a 1-1 draw at Guildford, although they did play an extra period and Guildford ended up running out 4-2 victors. And the under-18s Mohawks got an incredible result beating Peterborough by 13-1. So great result there for the under-18s. 
Uh, a little nudge as well, if you're interested in the results and the stats that we get from Chelmsford Hockey Games, that Simon Byrne has been doing some programming on the Chelmsford Chieftains website at chelmsfordchieftains.com. Uh, and if you click on the matches and the upcoming fixtures there and the results, there is stats galore. There is percentages on shots and penalties and goals. There's really in detail stats about the uh, the goal scorers, the points, the assists. Uh, some really fantastic stuff. So head over to chelmsfordchieftains.com and see all of those details down there. What we're going to do now is something we've not done yet. We've got two guys coming on at the same time. Both of these gentlemen are referees in the elite league, so the professional level of our game uh, in in this country, in the UK. So we're going to have a chat now with Stephen Matthews and James Irons. Uh, James Irons and Steve Matthews, Elite League referees. How are we doing, gents? Yeah, I'm well, I'm good, thank mate. you. Good. <laughs> Not talking over each other, leaves it to each other. Yeah. Good start, good start. Lovely. Well, thank you for joining me on Zero Pucks Given. It's a, a real pleasure to get this different perspective on the game. Um, so, uh, James, I'll come to you first. Uh, how did you get into refereeing hockey? Uh, completely by accident to be... Totally honest. Well, I say by accident, it was it was purposeful, but it was never my intention. Um, I've played juniors, um, and then at the age of sort of seventeen, eighteen, found other things in life: uh, beer, women, cars, that sort of stuff. That was <laughs> at that time in my life more exciting than ice hockey. Then I picked it back up again a few years later. Played at a rec level. Tried out for ENL two and was fortunate enough to make the team, but in all honesty, I was never good enough. I was absolutely terrible. I think I played one game. It was actually down at the Riverside. Um, saw twelve seconds of ice time and then took a look at it and thought I need to do something else here. So thought about coaching or maybe just playing beer league pickup, sort of keep it fun. Yeah, and then there was a refs course advertised so. Uh, I, I honestly thought I'd just attend, take a look, maybe try it out. And uh, yeah, here we are, 10 or 11 years later. Oh, wow, fantastic. And you had that 12 seconds of ice time at, at the home of the Chieftains? Yes, I think I got one end of the ice the other. That might be a lie, I might have covered two zones in 12 seconds. But <laughs> And Stephen, did you play the game as well and then get into it? No, I, I've never played the game, to be fair. Um, oh. I... I've played roller hockey all my life, um, but never played uh, league hockey on the ice. I've played a bit of bit of rec hockey now for the last sort of six, seven years. Um, but yeah, never, never played, never played ice hockey in uh, in a competitive environment at all. But 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 then sort of fell into the refereeing, or sorry, yeah, a... I was always I, I was always a hockey fan. Um, and then basically, like I said, seeing seeing advertised be a referee, I could always sort of skate a little bit. Um and then just thought, why not give it a go? So so I did. And then that that's where it started, to be honest. 
Yeah, it was noted to me recently, actually, by a couple of champs of fans that had gone to see some elite league and national league over the break, where the one and two, south and north, took yeah. a break. That the uh, the referees are just a lot quicker on the ice at that level. Would you say you both fit into that category? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think we cheat more. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. To, to be honest, I don't think I don't think we're, we're personally quicker because there is there is a couple of, I, there is a couple of whippets referees on the ice at that level um, where the chieftains are. To be fair, but I think it's more it's a totally different game. Is a four man to a three man is is totally different. You just need to know where to be. You got to be in just the right position instead of. Skating hundred miles up the hour, uh, up the ice, chasing the the game. Um, you you've got to basically as a foreman, you're waiting for the game to sort of come to you when you're skating backwards. Um, so the game is the game is a little bit faster. Don't don't get me wrong, and I just think that seems different. But it, it's it's a totally different perspective to go from a three man to a four man. Like I am done a three man for a good few years. Uh, Wednesday, I know you have. How, how did you find the change? Um, I just think it's two totally different skates. Um, mm. Three man is just pursuit of play, and then if you're in a four man, you're sort of anticipating play, getting to the right position. Um, I'm not sure I'd label us as much quicker. Maybe you could say we're more developed because we're working a higher level. I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah, well, I mean, it is. The elite league is professional, isn't it, for the players? Um, is it the same for you? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I'll do a twelve-hour shift on a building site and then go and ref a game. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I, I wouldn't say twelve hours. Come on. Yeah, no one else knows the truth. Yeah, <laughs> there's not much difference between six and twelve. Yeah, yeah. Um, same, same, same for us. We still got to get up here. Yeah, we, we, we travel back from wherever we are on a Saturday or Sunday. Um, we got to get up there for our day jobs the next day. Yeah, so, yeah well, that's a question I've got in there because Stephen, are you based in Wales? James, whereabouts are you? Yeah, I'm based in Wales too. I'm Cardiff oh, based. So, I mean, do the elite league mix it up or do you ref Cardiff all the time? No, it's mixed up every time. Um, we we can go everywhere. So I'm, I'll let Steve get on and tell you his travel plans this weekend. But we we work all over the country. Uh, from Cardiff to Scotland, Sheffield, Nottingham, uh, Belfast, Wales, and then National League's the same. It goes far up as Leeds, across to Hull, right down south to London Raiders, down in uh, Romford there, and then you've got the teams along the M4 corridor. So, yeah, the rarely you're in the same two rinks. Um, for myself, I've been located in just a few of the local rinks this year because I can't commit to traveling too much. No. But I, know, I know Steve's uh, Steve travels a fair bit and he's... Where you off this weekend, Fez? Belfast this weekend. I got a, a double header in Belfast Friday and Saturday and then I fly back and then go to Sheffield on Sunday. Well, that's quite a weekend, Steve. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, it'd be a busy one. But, you know what I mean? We do it for the... For the love of the game, I guess, don't we? I take it the league do they take care of your travel and your expenses where that's concerned? Oh yeah, they they they're pretty good. Um, they'll they'll sort your hotel for you out. You sort of you're, you're allowed to sort your own um, flights out, which sort of accommodate you best. 
Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, you just you just put it on your expenses as as you usually would. Yeah, because it's I mean, as you say, some of the distances that that they have to travel. I mean, it's nothing compared to you know a country like America, <clears throat> where the the sport is very popular. But you know, have to fly everywhere there. But yeah, it's uh, it's incredible distances that you guys travel as well as some of the players do. Is is it something that you think <clears throat> would grow the sport if there was more facilities in the country? Without you say yes, without reservation, I can answer that for both of us. The more. The more facilities, the more exposure, the more players involved, the more referees, the more coaches, the more volunteers, the more fans. There's more of everything. And it's a bit cliche, but strength in numbers. And you, you see what adding teams to a league does and how much stronger that league gets. Um, and you could use that principle for facilities. You add more facilities, we'll just get stronger as a sport. Yeah, I entirely agree. I, I think that considering how popular the sport is becoming, I think the the infrastructure of it actually is is now chasing its tail. Yeah, no, I agree, yeah. and it's the same with with trying to get referees on board as well. Referees in different parts of the country, mm. um, which again that would help massively. Um, so we, we, you know, what I mean, trying to get more referees on board, um, which will obviously help them with the travelling also. It's, it's a good travel. time to uh, plug your level one courses there, Jess. Oh yeah, so I, I currently basically run the level one courses for new referees oh. uh, who want who want to get involved. Um, so yeah, if if anyone knows of any sort of uh, we struggle, the only thing we struggle with is trying to get ice time because obviously we try to get uh, when we run the course. Um, it's normally for a day a day's course, but we try to get sort of an hour or two ice time um, just to so we can work on a bit of positioning. We can get to grips with people's skating abilities and stuff like that. But that's where we struggle to get the ice time because nine times out of ten rinks will have the ice time for junior games, public sessions, figure skating. Um, so that's where we're struggling. So we've had one in Swindon already this year, just before Christmas. And we've got now one coming up in Scotland uh, a week on Saturday. So if if anyone does know of a, or can get any ice time in an ice rink, then please let me know. And I'll be more than happy to try and run a referees course out of an ice rink anywhere in the UK. Yeah, I mean, that, again, that just goes to what we say with the facilities, isn't it? I know teams struggle with ice yep. time. Um, I, there is, I think there's actually an ice rink at the Sobel Leisure Centre in North London, and they don't have a hockey team playing out of there. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've, never heard of that. I've, I've never heard of that place. No, I think it's, uh, it's literally about half a mile away from the Arsenal football stadium. All oh, right, OK. And... Uh, yeah, there's a... Oh, James is, James is back now. James yeah. just drops off quickly, but he's back. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's... And, and that shocks me to find out that they don't have a team playing out of there, but they have a rink. Is it a decent size rink, or is it just one sort of... It It's it's fully marked up for ice hockey, but it's not the biggest. Where is this? Ah, OK. <clears throat> uh, this is uh, North London, about a mile up from the Arsenal Stadium. Oh, OK. Mm. Interesting. So, so uh, obviously, Harringay play out of Alexandra Palace. Yeah, up that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hmm. But um, so when you obviously you, you get your assignments and whatnot, do they assign you guys your numbers, or have you picked them yourselves? Uh, contentious subject for me. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me, I was just lucky enough to get one. <laughs> um, no, I, I literally just just 
got given what I was was given. And then this year when we had new shirts, I I basically just stuck with the same one. Yeah. And um, seventy-seven for you. Don't well, like it. No, when I was well, seventy-seven's my number. So when I was a linesman, that's uh, what I elected. And then now I've changed to being a referee. I've got to have a trainee number, so I regretfully have to wear forty-seven rather than seventy-seven until I've done my time all over again. And then <laughs> by that time, hopefully, no one's taken the number seventy-seven, and I get to have it back on a referee shirt. Uh, do, do you prefer the the ref or the or the ref role or the line role? Um, I think I think uh, I don't want to get too corny or cliche with it, but I think what made me fall in love with officiating was probably being on the line and being so hands on and involved in the in the game, dropping pucks, splitting up scrums, fights, that sort of thing. Yeah. But now I'm refereeing. I th- I think um, my head, as I get a bit older, lends me more towards that role rather than a linesman. I enjoy that. I enjoy it a lot more, if I'm totally honest, because it's it's still new to me. This is I'm sort of a season and a half in now, or a season, if you like. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's I don't really have much fun when when you're just doing a job. So it's fun to be learning. Uh, it's fun to challenge myself, and obviously, it, it's fun to be so new to it and working in the top two leagues in the country. So, quite lucky in that sense. But I've also worked hard to get there. So, it, it it's fun to keep learning, stay there, and challenge yourself at the same time. So, I guess it's like a big equation of it brings it round to referee and being more fun for me now. Yeah, oh, that's that's nice to hear that. Referee takes fun in it because it's a it's a thankless job at the end of the day, isn't it? Oh, we have fun. We have fun. It's not yeah. it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all abuse. It's not all players shouting at you. It's not all mistakes. It's, there's a lot of fun in it as well. It's it's tough. We're away from our families a hell of a lot. Our families sacrifice so much for us to be able to do it, and that's sometimes the hardest part of the job for me. Uh, but it certainly is. We have just as much fun as the team you support and the team the next men supports and the next lady supports and the next kid supports. Like, we're exactly the same in principle. We just have a different role in the game. Yeah, and it's, I'll tell you, it's something I've actually seen <clears throat> in a lot of the sports that I've, that I've sort of watched, a couple that I've partaken in. The refs will give it back in ice hockey, <laughs> which is, is uh... <laughs> absolutely brilliant to see. I mean, the way that football and the way football is refereed and the way they behave is, I think it's disgusting. But the ref never seems mm. to give it back. But in hockey, I mean, especially Sunday, we had quite a fiery game at home Sunday, but Essex Derby with Raiders second side. And the amount of times that it was just about to kick off, but the ref just he wouldn't take it and he'd have a go back. And I think it keeps it calm. I think uh I'll sorry, I feel like I'm answering everything here, first, but um yeah. I think I mean, I think I mean, I'm used to it now. <laughs> well, you'll only get it wrong anyway. Yeah, I, I think there's a time and a place for it. There's times you've got to call penalties. There's times you've got to give it back. Uh, it's about being measured, knowing who you're talking to, and people knowing your approach as well. Would you agree with that, Fez? Yeah, I think you can you can give it back to to certain players, but then then certain players need to know when there's a time to to listen. There's a time to listen, not not to answer back. If that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm always for one for. 
for giving it back to them um, rather than calling a penalty because sometimes nine times out of ten is just frustration and then the only person they can take it out on is you. Um, but, you know what I mean? You, you'll probably see nine times out of ten, ten minutes later, that person will come up to you and say, oh, look, do apologise for, for, you know what I mean, for, for chirping in there. I didn't mean it, but I appreciate you not, you know what I mean, penalising me or or anything like that. And, you know what I mean? It, and that's where you sort of build a report where it's a lot easier to manage a game that yeah. way, if that makes sense. Do you, what, do you uh, have an idea, Stephen, on what the most random penalty you've had to give is? Random penalty? Oh, Jesus. I tell you, it's not a, a random... As in, what, what do you mean? In what way a random penalty? Something oh. that you don't get... Get called very often. Yeah, or... something that you don't see very often. Yeah, like a. I I can't, I I haven't really called a random one myself, but I can tell you a story about someone who has uh, about what happened. Yeah, go on. I, I won't name the official, but they don't know they don't officiate anymore. But there you. Um, there you. <laughs> no, no, they don't. Um, <laughs> there was one where an a said official uh, called a penalty. It was on uh, a local team close to yourself down there. Uh, on the crowd, so he penalised the team because the crowd has given him a bit too much stick. <laughs> well, that can't possibly have been us. Uh, no, it was the <laughs> other side of Essex in the the, the old the old drink that they had down there. Yeah. <laughs> enough said. Enough said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think I've I don't think I've handed out any sort of random ones. I Let's... made a few sort of mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, plenty and... of them. Plenty. Yeah, I remember a, a team scoring into their own net with a high stick, and for some unknown reason, I disallowed it. Yeah, yeah, that happened in a in a game in MK once. Sold it well, though. Sold it well. <laughs> have, you, have you had any random ones, James? No, all mine are good, mate. I don't make mistakes. Don't have random penalties. <laughs> Everything's just <laughs> ge- generally run, run of the mill and pretty good. <clears throat> No, we we both know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen, I'll come to you again. What's the worst thing that's happened while you've been refereeing? Has there ever been like a oh. injury incident or uh, something? something I've, never, I've never been injured, um, touch wood. Don't skate the worst, enough. yeah, that's, that's more <laughs> experience, that is, mate. Just experience, nowhere to go. Um, oh, worst thing I've probably done is, one was actually in the Riverside, it was... Um, uh, a Chieftains Invicta game. Mm. So this is where I, I haven't been to the new rink in the new layout. We used to come out down by the Zamboni. The referees did. Is that yeah. still the case with the away no. fans? No, that's not. No? Oh, well, uh, well ah. the Zamboni comes in from the other side now. So the ah right. So since, where we since used to... COVID, we've kind of got two entrances into the rink now. Ah okay. So it was down that end. Uh, it was a an Invicta game, I think it was. So just the away fans were around that part as well, where they had to move out where they were standing so the Zamboni can get back on. So we come out with, it was a three-man system, come out with the other two linos. We gave a little fist bump, big, big game today. Yo, scout, go hard. I went straight out on the ice and fell straight on my ass. No one had my skate guards on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that I've done that a few times, but thankfully no injuries, touch wood. That would be interesting to see if there's any Chieftain fans that will remember that happening. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> but yeah, I could tell you about an injury that happened to uh, someone who was on the podcast with us now when I was refereeing the game, mind. Oh, yeah, go on. 
Yeah, tell that story. Tell that story. <laughs> so it was a uh, it was a beer league game in Swindon, I think it was, and a certain uh, Irons was playing for a Cardiff team, and I didn't really know him that well at the time, um, and he he had a lot to say for himself, to be fair. And then no, there was a, a stoppage a stoppage of play, and something happened. I I t- and then I turned round. And he's got a face full of blood. <laughs> and do you want to take it from here and tell what happened? Yeah, I'll wind it back a bit and tell the truth as well, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. The game had been going on. Stephen was the referee. And he was known to the boys, so we were giving him a bit of... Nothing out of the ordinary, just a little bit of banter, a bit of hassle, I suppose. Uh, I may have taken it a little bit too far at times. And then the instant happens that he's he definitely not goes back to and he's one hundred percent looking at it. The puck gets flicked up, splits me under the nose, right down through my lips, so my lips flapping about and there's blood everywhere. And uh, and he just he just pleads absolute ignorance saying he didn't see it. So I'm off to hospital to get stitches and, and this guy's still wheeling about in a a rec game and Fezzy didn't call because he didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the gist of it, yeah. <laughs> and here we are now. I still bear the scars for today. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's the sort of game that you, you need to bear scars otherwise you haven't been involved in it properly. Oh, exactly. I don't know. I'd rather not have them. Have you both got, still got both your te- all your teeth? Yes. Yes, thankfully. Yeah. Thankfully. So leaving the game smiles to the players. Yeah, uh, thankfully I haven't had any sort of wayward pucks just yet. No, I've uh, I've managed to stay out of the way, and uh, hopefully I'll leave the game with all my teeth. That's uh, that's probably the primary aim because not a lot of people do. No, I think they wait till they're done, don't they, before they get any dental work done. But but well, we've had one yeah. of our guys who's had the same tooth done three times, and now he's just said, "You know what? I'm leaving it till I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> That's costly. It, it is indeed, yeah. Yeah, the way dentists go nowadays, we're all in the wrong job. Mm. Oh, bet. So, uh, do any of you have a, a team that you follow in this country or in the NHL? Um, the NHL, I do. I'm sort of a, a Maple Leafs fan in the NHL. Over here, uh, not so much. Um, it's think, hard to. I think to not at all is the right answer, mate. Yeah, that's what I was going with. <laughs> if you let me, if you let me finish my my sentence, I was going to say I'm just a fan of the hockey. Mm. But yeah, I I don't I don't uh, I don't have any team's bed sheets on my bed. Let's put it that way. No, no. Uh, Do you follow the NHL, James? No, not at all. I could probably count on one hand how many uh, NHL games I've watched. They've probably all been Winter Classics. I just don't. I don't really get a kick out of watching watching it on TV. Um, I know we're messing around, but yeah, we're we're both massive hockey fans in the sport, and uh, I'm sure I can speak for Steve as well that we both watch hockey every day if we could. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, no, no given teams. Obviously, we we are completely impartial as much as people like to beg to differ. But ho- as for hockey fans, yeah, we're massive hockey fans. We we love hockey as much as you love your team is the easiest way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, which is the, the way it should be. You know, I don't think you can really officiate a game that you don't care about. 
Oh, definitely. Agreed. There's, there's Agreed. nothing better for us when you get when you get a top of the table clash and it's just real fast, skillful hockey. Like, yeah, we we love that as much as you in the stands. It might not look that way because we've got a job to do, but the longer we can stay out of that and we get the best seat in the house and we can just be part of a real good high end speed, high end skill game, it's perfect for us. Yeah. Fantastic. Have either of you got my, um, I would take it probably from past rather than present, so you weren't showing any favouritism, but the best player that you've seen on the ice when you've been refing? Well, it definitely wasn't James Irons, that's for sure. <laughs> so you've got hands like feet. Um, do you want me to go first or you? Yeah, I'm thinking. From, from um, like a... An old school one. I think the best player I've, when I, you stand and watch as a referee, I, I think it would be Jonathan Weaver. Yeah. The way the way he like passes the pack, the vision he's got, um, and and to do it all while giving you a mouthful as well, which is pretty decent to be fair. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, he's a top guy as well. So yeah, I I think watching like him, uh, yeah, he's it's something else to be fair. James, you got your mind in gear? Yeah, no, I'm still thinking to be honest. But like, um, in if we bring it to sort of national league and then the NL leagues where where Steve and I have worked most together, imports they sort of come and go. They're all skillful, right? But he's he's probably right. Someone like a a Jonathan Weaver. The way again, we're answering the same question, but. The way he sees the ice, the way he conducts himself, apart from when he's given Steve a mouthful. And the way he controls the game is fantastic. And then you've got guys like in Swindon, Aronel, uh, prolific scorer for years and years and years. That's that's quite fun to watch. And and you've got that up and down the country. Now you've got Kieran Brown in Leeds uh, doing his thing, Cole Shudra, Matty Hayward, who's formerly of the Elite League down there. Uh, yeah, you've got you've got a new a new era of them coming through now. But I suppose I suppose I would consider myself lucky to have seen all these players rather than pick one out and say he was the best. Yeah. So what about down in sorry, what about down in the NIHL one then? Is there any sort of standout plays that you've seen at all that you think could sort of make the next step up or uh, of the young ones, yeah. We we've got a lad at Chelmsford called Archie Salisbury. Oh, didn't he just have a go with uh, Nottingham? He he? did, yeah. He's on a two-way from Peterborough with us, but he signed a senior contract to Peterborough now, and then he was immediately loaned out to the Panthers for a weekend. Um, And, yeah, he's his defenceman. I think he's just 17. He's unbelievable. Yeah. That's good. That's that's always good to it. Yeah, I mean, just to see his his poise on, on the ice. He never looks flustered. He's and the the way he puts his body on the line to stop shots is absolutely unreal. Didn't yeah, I read the other day he had a bit? Of, he did he have a bit of a scrap or something? With didn't he? He did. Um, I think it was our yeah. game at Slough just before Christmas. Um, again, it was a probably to sort of pick pick on your on your guys on on the uh, on the zebras. <laughs> that uh, from what I've understood with a lot of the people from the game. There was a little bit of sort of narky stuff happened early on, and it wasn't stamped out, so it just got worse and worse and worse. Don't believe uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think it was three fights kicked off in total. Two got ejected from the game. 
game bans um, and a couple just got five each. Is uh, in, in his very first game for us when he was just 16, he, he got into a tilt with a really big guy from Streatham Hockey Club. And, uh, oh, and yeah. we all thought, yeah, this this kid's got it. Oh, fair play. We, um, I'm sure we're reffing Peterborough in a couple of weeks. Hopefully he'll be... Uh... He'll be uh, lining up for him. It could well be, yeah. We're getting quite a lot of him actually, which is is quite good. It's um, unfortunately, I don't think he'll end up with us. I think he will end up in the elite league. Yeah, but well, uh, yeah, but that'd be brilliant for him. We, we did have on the not with youngers, but last season, one of our imports, uh, Stanislav Laschek. Oh yeah, yeah, Stano. He was drafted uh... with Tampa, wasn't he? I think in two thousand and five. Um, was he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he was drafted in Tampa. I don't think he ever made an NHL appearance, but he was he was drafted by Tampa, and he's just to watch him is absolutely unbelievable. He, he knows where the net is, doesn't he? He does. I mean, the, he was only with us for six months. He won Player of the Season from the supporters. Um, I've got his name on the back of my jersey, and he's gone. And he's, yeah, he was just absolutely unreal. The the chemistry we had actually with him towards the end of last season. With a couple of our younger lads who, who love scoring goals, he could just do it blindfolded. Oh, and it's but that's the level of experience. I think he's 30, 38, 39 now. Um, I did, I did hear he wanted to come back to us, but we've we've got two imports this year, so we can't have him. Haven't you got an import goalie? You got Peter Check, haven't you? We have, yeah. We so it's uh, I'm not entirely sure how it's all working as to whether he plays home games or away games. Um, I know we've we've sold the ring cat quite a few times since we've signed him, but the uh, okay. our our other netminder is uh, an under eighteen GB hopeful, and he's also incredible. Is that Luca? Luca Casadri. Yeah, that's his, sorry, I didn't want to mispronounce his name. I was hoping you'd help me out. Yeah, yeah. I, I I saw him last year when, or maybe the year before when, maybe Chelmsford did play Cardiff, and I was. Referee in that game, the kid's a talent 100%. Yeah, I think he was with the Warriors uh, most of last season, and he's, um, he's super fun as well. He's he's actually a pretty funny dude. He is. I've, I've had him on the podcast, he was on episode four of the podcast with me. And he's oh, uh, go back and listen to that. He is su- he's such a nice lad. He, you can tell he's been he's been brought up really well. He loves loves hockey, he loves having a laugh, he loves sport in general. But when it comes to game time, taking it seriously. He, he knows what he knows how to take it seriously. Yeah, definitely. That's what we needed these. That's what we need is these uh, GB netminders coming through, and yeah, I think I mean looking forward to that that World Championships in April. I, you know, I think we've got a yeah. lot of good good young players. Um, there is a guy at Milton Keynes, Malik Martelli. Yeah, 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 well, well yeah, aware yeah. We've come across him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was uh, he was at Streatham last season, so yeah. we saw we saw quite a bit of him. And, yeah. Uh, that was when it's uh, our season started again, and they were starting to announce signings. And me and my daughter, who go, she's uh, she's twelve, and I said, "Who do you want us to sign?" First thing she said was Malik Martelli. Oh, oh. bless! So I and said, "Unfortunately, up, I think he's going up." <laughs> you ended up with Lids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Lids has gone now. Unfortunately, he's gone to Bradley He's a booty. He is absolute booty. Yeah, it was a uh, it was terrific to watch Lids. Actually, I, I sort of commented with a couple of the other guys where I see it I get to see our defensive set up twice and uh, yeah. I, I watch him because he just knows exactly what he's doing and probably oh, yeah. on the I'd say on the blind side of you, of you guys but you probably know exactly what he's doing as well but you, you can't do anything about it 
Hundred percent. One of the nicest guys you'd ever come across on the ice. Okay. Yeah. And he yeah. fits and he fits in the category of uh well, he hasn't lost a tooth, he's lost most of his teeth. <laughs> yeah. He's uh he's 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 paid his dues to the sport, bless him. Yes, yeah. Some of the guys would say about him that he just he just loves getting hit by pucks. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> about right. Yeah, he just doesn't care how hard where they come from. He just loves getting hit by the puck. Jesus. <laughs> good good for that guy. I don't want to uh, I don't want to try that out. No. <laughs> no. So with the amount that you guys sort of get about and travel then, have you, have you got a favourite rink, be it for the facilities or for the atmosphere? Um can we go uh with the coldness maybe? And how cold is not? Um Go league by league, Fez. Do one national one elite league. Oh, elite league. I'd have to say probably Nottingham, just yeah. because of the the all round facilities. Um, they uh, they look after you. Nice ice, you know. I mean, lovely arena. National league. Oh, I, you got You can't look no further than MK for me. Yeah. Again, they get a big old crowd down there, and they get going as well, and that's loud. So yeah, again, good facility. The only thing you don't get is signal. That's an no, none at all. <laughs> we, we had the playoff finals there last season, and yeah, that's no, it. Yeah, no chance of posting updates anywhere. <laughs> no, that's the only bad thing about it. But yeah, what about you, twos? Uh, I'll start with National League. So yeah, I'd, I'd go with MK, but um, you got Bristol there now. I'm not sure their facility's nice. The referees' facilities cold, are, are not cold. so nice. Uh, the room's yeah. a bit of a dump, but in terms of facilities, they're a new franchise. They sell out pretty regular, uh, and it's loud, it's a loud. a loud, loud building when they get going. They've got. They've got like horns wired up to Dewalt cordless drills. I don't know how they do it, but <laughs> it is so loud in there, and that's pretty cool. It's the same sort of ilk as as Milton Keynes. Uh, yeah, so probably those two in the National League. Yeah, I think a lot of these Planet Ice buildings are kind of designed in the same way, aren't they? And they, yeah, a lot of the newer ones, not certainly not, you know, <laughs> but not Planet Ice Gosport or Gillingham. They're they're not designed in that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then um, I actually think the best arena in the Elite League all round is Belfast by a mile. It's it really is something else. It's unbelievable. I've been over there when they so they kind of have horseshoe seating, and then when it sells out, they add the extra the other side of the horseshoe, if that makes sense, to make yeah. an arena. And I've been there when they've sold out the horseshoe, added that in, and it's pretty much sold out. And that's that's special. That's uh, I, I wouldn't know the exact capacity. I'd probably hazard a guess at around eight, nine, maybe ten thousand with that extra seat in. Loud Irish fans. That's that's pretty cool. But yeah, you've you've got, you've got good facilities again in Nottingham, Cardiff, Sheffield. And even some of the some of the older arenas like Guildford and Coventry, they've got character. They're, yeah. they're they're not the best <laughs> facilities. They're not the nicest to get changed in. The showers are not warm, but that's kind of made, what makes them a good arena. Yeah, yeah. As you say, the, the there's, character. There's still a lot of room in British ice hockey for those old arenas. Mm. 
Uh, I mean, it helps if they have blue lines. There's one or two that don't. Um, yeah. I think as well, aren't the blue lines at Bristol, are they then inconsistent between the floor and the wall, aren't they? Yes. I don't know the full story, but it looks like they've put the boards in first incorrect or maybe manufacturers <laughs> got it wrong. And then they put the ice down and moved the blue lines to where they actually should be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the neutral zone's tiny. But the end zones are regulation size. Yeah, it's a funny one. That is a funny one. Yeah, it? It, it looks funny. To be yeah. fair, <laughs> I don't know. Not, Nottingham are getting the arse at the moment because they're getting kicked out for the boxing, aren't they? In February. Yes, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. One of their games has to be rearranged. Yeah. Yeah, and as as much as I love the boxing, I think if the arena's booked, it's booked. Go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to look at that from. Although it sucks, right? With three hockey fans sat here talking. What makes more money? It's it's really that simple. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not a mad fighting as well that night. So it's uh, yeah, it's Lee yeah. Wood. It's Lee Wood, yeah. I'm sure he'll sell it out. Exactly. So yeah. so he'll sell it out. Wet sales will be ridiculous. Ticket prices will be through the roof. It, I don't I don't know the business side of it, but it probably makes ten or fifteen times what hockey does. So I I think. It's lovely to play in those big posh arenas, but if you do, things like this happen, and and that's natural. That's that's business, right? That's it's not yeah. as if they're not going to be able to play that game. But unfortunately, it only it, it's only happened once this year, to my knowledge. If you go back a few years and look at Sheffield, they used to actually split their time between Sheffield Arena and. I Sheffield, which they don't now because they actually get a lion's share of the dates and they work it well. They've got a great relationship with the arena there. And then they get to they get to mainly keep their gates and the games in the arena as much as they can. But obviously that comes with some sacrifices and sometimes they're to bigger events. And I think that's just the nature of the beast. And as long as all those events can work together and can all go ahead, I'm a fan of everything. Excellent, excellent. I'll have one final question for the two of you because it's, it's something that I always post when uh, I do the updates on our home games on Twitter. I will always put a picture of a zebra when I give the names of the refs. Do you guys like that or do you find it offensive? Go ahead first. I, I know. As in a picture of the refs themselves, yeah? You take no, a picture. No, no. I, just, I, I list their names and I put a little gif of a zebra breakdancing. Nah, not at all. Mate. <laughs> that's, just, that's all, all fun. That is, we've got a, a guy um, in the national league who does a bit of uh, uh, Andrew Day. He does a bit of uh, tweeting over the league. I think it is, and, and whenever we do games and he's there, he actually takes pictures of us and puts them on there. Um, I'm all for it, mate. You know what I mean? Whatever you want to do, to be honest. Yeah. If someone, yeah, no one should get really offended by that, to be honest. No, we, we do have a fan who, who tends to take a picture of the of the back of one of the referees. Oh, uh, I've seen a couple their of name, these. And yes, they always I've create seen... a phrase with their name yes. in the middle of it. We've had a couple of these floating around the referees. Uh, a couple of boys have been sending them around. What? One of them Who's was uh, Saw. Um, uh, there was JP Adwin. Uh, Saw, he sent me, um, he was there with someone with, and then Kenny George is in. Someone put as the price above it or something like that, wouldn't they? That's was it something like that? Yeah. Oh, this is hilarious. Is, this Kenny is George's Twitter account. chops are legendary. 
They're yeah. legendary. They're legendary with the boys as well. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's we, famous. Well, they make they make us laugh. I think he shaved them off. Actually, I think it was uh, just a couple of months before Christmas, and then he 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 was back at our week again, and they were back. Oh yeah, you could it, shave them off on Monday. They'll yeah, be back he, by Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, probably by lunchtime on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like sleeves and they come back. Yeah, I take it from all this. You, you guys, as a as a group, the referees, you, you guys have a, a good camaraderie between you. Yeah, I think we we fit into obviously geography plays a massive part in that. We get together once a year at a national conference. Uh, that's our training, uh, and a get together. We get updated on what's going on within the section. Any rule changes, any processes, uh, any manuals we need to go through. So that's that on a national scale. That's how we get together. But I think geography sort of puts pay to that being all year round. So then we're quite localized in sort of WhatsApp groups and guys you work with regular. But yeah, there's a, there's a good social side to it too. It's uh, it's it's maybe not just the Saturday and Sunday people think it is. We're all friends outside. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's, it's social socially, it's as good as it is professionally. Are you both working this weekend? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm flying to Belfast on Friday, and, and then you've got Belfast, Belfast, Sheffield, have you? No, yeah, Belfast Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sheffield on Sunday. And yourself, James? Um, right now you're asking questions. I think <laughs> I mean you normally have to tell someone else to tell him where he is. Yeah, my <laughs> mum usually reminds me on a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I am in Swindon on Saturday and then I believe Telford on Sunday. That's a, a National League weekend for you. Yeah, so I only work a couple of games a month in the Elite League. I've, uh, I've still got to do my time and yeah, earn the right to be there <laughs> for more than a uh, part-time role. Lovely. Well, anyone catching up with the Elite League on Bioplay this weekend? Keep your eyes peeled for 52 when he's uh, when he's in Belfast and Sheffield, and uh, and keep your uh, eyes peeled on any YouTube then for uh, for James if he's got his National League weekend. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me this evening. I've really enjoyed this chat with Ad. It's so nice to get your perspective on on the game that we all love. Anytime, thanks for having us on. No, uh, hopefully, not a problem at all. Man. Yeah, no, they're often often the forgotten men because you know without you guys there ain't a game. So. Yes, uh, yeah. We truly, truly thank you for for doing what you do. Cheers, mate. not a problem at that. all, mate. Not a problem. Wonderful, gentlemen. Well, I hope hopefully I'll speak to you again at some point. I uh, hope you have good weekends, and thanks for coming on. Cheers, cheers, mate. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you so much to Stephen and James for joining me on Zero Pucks Given. What a really interesting perspective on hockey. A uh, good bit of banter with the guys as well. Uh, so now we're going to go to this week's hit of the week. This week's hit of the week then is taken from the Essex Derby on Sunday at home to Romford Juniors. It was in the third period as I think it was Elliot Dervish was there for the taking. Kieran Rayner steamed in to get him but missed him and got Ross Clark. Absolutely nailed him, sent him down to the to the deck. So apologies to Ross. But Kieran's got to take it this week. Kieran Rayner, hit of the week. 
Now we're going to have a chat with one of our new players for this season. Top young man, 93, Dan Hitchens. Dan Hitchens, how are we doing, fella? Hello, mate. How are you? I'm really well, mate. Thanks for coming on Zero Pucks Given. Yeah, no worries, mate. Lovely. So, uh, where did you make your start and what got you into ice hockey? Um, I started at uh, Old Rob Valley Way. Um, I was probably, yeah, between eight and ten, I think. Um, eight or nine, I think I was. Um, my sister started doing figure skating lessons to learn how to skate. Uh, and then one after one of the lessons down there once, I saw the hockey on. I thought I'd give it a go. So, yeah, it was quite good, actually. I obviously enjoyed it and carried on playing for many years yet. Yeah. Were you quite a natural on the ice? Um, well, first of all, I learned in figure skates. Um, until my first ever hockey session, I went on in figure skates. And then, yeah, it didn't go down too well. <laughs> no, toe picks in the way and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're your local lad to, to Romford Way, are you? Yeah, yeah. I live a couple of minutes away from the new building. Oh, right. Oh, lovely. So, there's... um. Not too much travelling for you then for home games and certainly a close away game for you. Yeah, it's not too bad at all, really, coming down to Chelmsford. It's, it's a nice little journey. I do it every day for work anyway. Yeah. Is there a, is there still that rivalry, do you think, between the two players? Obviously, we just played Romford yesterday, uh, Sunday night, rather. So. Oh, 100%. There's still the rivalry. It's a bit different being on a different side of the rivalry, but for me, it's different personal reasons as well. Obviously, you want to win against your old team, but it's the local derby as well. Um, you see some of the boys at Romford that used to play at Chelmsford, so like so like Elliot Dervish, Tom Wilson, and like Courtney Grant and Donald. Yeah. Um, you see the likes of them, and you can see how much they're up for it, and it, that gives you even more of a like an emphasis to to win the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think you could definitely see that in the game on Sunday. There, there was times when it was very physical, and there was that real element of a derby. But I, I think they they did quite well to slow the pace of the game down. Yeah, Romford play uh, very unorthodox, really. They don't have many systems they stick to, but they're so young and energetic all the time and they have they have that energy, but they work hard and play down very well, I think. Yeah, I think with, uh, I mean, in, in my match report, I sort of, and I spoke to a few people, did renown that I, I think Anderson was absolutely terrific for them on Sunday. He's he's certainly a character. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a good kid. He, he trains a lot. Um, he's on a two-way, obviously, run for the first team. Yeah. So he's playing in the national division. He's putting up points there as well. So he's doing well for himself, yeah. But yeah, so, got, we've got to find a way to shut him down in that instance and stop him being able to control the play. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, I mean, I think the overtime period was, was a good competitive period that we controlled the first part of. Um, but then I think, he, yeah, he took control. Yeah, I think, yeah. We took... We, we played, it's probably our most uh, complete game so far this year, I think. Um, we played well for the whole 60 minutes. There was no lacks of effort or anything like that. So I think it's just unlucky. We couldn't finish our opportunities and we had them. Um, but that that's, that happens, you know? Yeah. And he's got his head in their end as well. He played unreal. So that stuff happens. Yeah. And the overtime period in, in hockey is the same as like a shootout, isn't it? It's just a lottery, really. It's that next goal wins element. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You sort of kind of a roll of a dice. You've got to play keep puck, but at the same time, you you do need to obviously go for your chances. Yeah. 
So you had a bit of time in the Chelmsford you've set up as well. Does this, does this feel like sort of coming home, coming to the Chieftains? Uh, it feels a bit weird when I first come over, to be fair. But the boys were very good when I settled in. The first first training session there settled in nicely. Um, a load of guys I played against before and a couple of guys that now come into like the, the lineup that I played with. Um, so, yeah, it's been nice coming over. But it's a bit weird coming over, really, considering I played there as a junior as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do, uh, do, do you like the uh, like the rink there? Because obviously the old Romford rink is gone now, but the uh, the sort of the setup at Chelmsford, does that, does that feel homely for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's a nice setup seeing like, obviously juniors train and then obviously we train after them on Tuesday and Thursday. It's kind of what I used to do as a kid and see the Chieftains get on the ice. Yeah, that's, is that sort of acts like a little bit of a G up for you that, you know, I, if I work hard, I can get there. Yeah, exactly that. So, uh, did you work with Mark at all at Romford? Uh, yes, yeah, I had a season under Mark. Um, but I knew Mark from when I was at Guildford. I played a couple of, uh, two years over there. Oh, right. Um, so, I knew Mark from over there anyway. So, I knew him before he come, kind of come to Romford. Yeah, I think, uh, he's, t- he's terrifically well connected, isn't he, in the British hockey world? So, he's... yeah. If you need to know someone, he would know them. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think Mark and coaches in general, they would prefer, especially the young lads, to be, you know, sort of settled down, stable job, stable life, rather than wanting to party every weekend? Um, I think yes and no. Like, we're young and we've got to enjoy our lives as well as it doesn't always work out in hockey for everyone. So you need to obviously enjoy yourself and... If you do make it pro, then fair play to you. But at the same time, you do need to enjoy yourself away from hockey as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really good to hear you say that because it's we've, we've spoken with some of the other lads about obviously the level of commitment that you have to put in. And I, I mean, I can kind of see amongst you guys, you've got a great camaraderie. I'd imagine a team night out is a great laugh. Yeah, it's a very good room this year. I was, I was quite surprised when I come over at the start of the year and see how well everyone kind of, got on from like the get-go sort of thing um like every week when we go to train it's not like oh we've got to go again it's actually kind of excited to go and looking forward to it sort of thing so it's a great room um it's probably one of the best rooms i've been in so that's that's a great thing as well yeah real shame to lose lids as well oh lids yeah chuckle brother yeah no, he was he was good lids he was he was a good fella um we sit next to him in a room we used to have a nice little chat every week See each other's weeks gone, but no, he's he's a good guy, but he's got to take the opportunity. He's coming to the end of his career. Um, Bays and Stoke have given him the opportunity, and considering he's played there for a, a couple of seasons before, he's got to go back and give it his last shot, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think you can blame him for taking that shot at the higher level at his age. No, not at all, not at all, man. So, are you a, are you a hockey fan in general? Do you follow the NHL or any of the other British leagues? Not at all. Oh, really? No, I don't. You see, like hockey fights UK, they post a few videos, um, but I don't, I don't really enjoy watching hockey. Really, I'm kind of like chilling and watching other sports, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, that's a. I want to say that's that's actually it's sort of a fifty-fifty amongst the lads that I've spoken to that some will like love the sport and be almost like nerds about it, and then yeah. others just like you know what I love playing it. I don't want to watch it because I know I heard uh, Ollie say that he didn't doesn't really watch and follow the NHL really either. No, well, he doesn't, no. I, I think I'm quite looking forward to speaking to Matt Turner because I think he's a massive hockey nerd, of what I've been told. So. Oh, he loves hockey. Yeah, we he absolutely have... loves it. <laughs> so, have you, um, is it not actually watching it as a sport? Do you enjoy any of the hockey films? 
Yeah, classic Mighty Ducks, The Miracle. Yeah, they're all good films. I've watched them many times. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been Mighty Ducks is what, what got me into hockey. I think I was probably about, well, I've shown my age, probably about <laughs> 10 or 11, I think, when that came out. So it's... Cool. Yeah, that was some years ago. But you should probably try and lace them up soon. Well, we did have this chat, didn't we, on the yeah, ice? we did, um, but we haven't seen any uh, evidence of being on the ice yet. Well, I, was, I did have skates on that night, and I managed to stay on my feet. Well, yeah, um, yeah, as I said, you, I've got, I've got no ligaments in my right knee, so I, I yeah. think if I tried to uh, to sort of skid stop, I honestly just think my leg would dislocate. Yeah, it's probably not the best idea, yeah. then, is it? <laughs> but I, I am. I have been. Uh, I have been contacted by a couple of the guys from the Chelmsford Reapers, one of the rec teams. All oh, right, um, and I am at some point this year going to go up and have a session with them, and sit, just see if I can do it because it was it was a sport I always wanted to have a go at, but I was never really in the position to as a kid. Um, I, had a, I had a go at a bit of roller hockey uh, on in lines, so I could I could do that. That's that's why I kind of know myself. I could probably get the motion of the game. Yeah, um, yeah no, but, but I spent a lot of my youth playing football until it wrecked my knee, um, and then uh, then I did a bit of boxing. So I think physically I'd probably be able to handle myself on the ice. But whether yeah, I could get enough get it. all at once, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I think I say after we had that chat, I didn't get to actually finish it with you, but I am going to have a go before the season's out. Yeah, that'll be and, good uh, to see how you get on. Yeah, I don't think I'll be uh, joining the room at any point, but it'll, uh, <laughs> it'll certainly be a good laugh to have a go. Uh, so we know from speaking to Cal Burnett that uh, you yeah. like a little nurse's outfit. Right, let's clear this up. <laughs> so he hasn't told the whole story. So he only told part of it. So the reason it will come about was because I took him to hospital and he broke his wrist. Um, and when we were in hospital... One of us went to the toilet, and in the toilet was a nurse's outfit. <laughs> and as a joke, I said, oh, I'll put it on. Because, you know, your mate's upset. He's he's just broken his wrist. He has to have an operation. Um, so let's try to cheer him up. So I put the nurse's outfit on as a laugh. And from then on, he has a thing that I am obsessed with nurses. So I actually think it is Cal that's obsessed with nurses, yeah. really. <laughs> so you've not got any other fancy dress fetishes then, just, just that one? No. No. Not at all. <laughs> brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. He's a he's a good lad, Cal is. I think, and obviously you two played together in the past. He's uh, he's been helping you out in the gym this year as well. We started at the start of the year, but we start kind of phase away a little bit at the minute because obviously we've both been busy with work. So it gets uh, we get home and it's near enough leaving straight away. So you have to have time, find time to have some dinner. So yeah, um, yes, yeah, we we kind of sacked it off for a little bit just so we can get work away before Christmas. But yeah, hopefully we start up again soon. Yeah, but keeping up with him in the gym must be a, <laughs> a mission in itself. Yeah, he works out like three times a day. Like, yeah, we go to the gym. He's like, oh, it's my third session today, and it's crazy. Yeah, you said when when you so kindly did teammates for us over the Christmas break that he uh, how much he loves the gym. I know it's obviously his, it's his job as well. So it's uh... yeah, like some of the time he, he runs classes and kind of jumps in with them and joins in and kind of interacts with all them as well. So. Yeah, it's the sort of thing you've got to enjoy it, haven't you? If you're going to sort of get on the fitness thing, you've got to enjoy it. I was speaking to Bailey earlier this week. He's going to get back on the diet and the training. He hopefully should be back on the ice soon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the same. The, the missus has booked the summer holiday, and I'm now looking in the mirror thinking, oh, my God, I'm not summer holiday ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a few questions from some of the listeners, mate, if that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I've got one from Sophia Gatland, uh, otherwise known as the Sign Girl. Uh, do you prefer rollerblading 
uh, skating or skateboarding? Uh, rollerblading, probably. I'm not very good on skateboard. No, have you have you done a little bit on wheels? Uh, yeah, as a as a kid, yeah, a little bit here and there, but nothing really serious playing in like roller hockey teams or anything. No, no. So we, we found out earlier in the episodes, TJ actually came from that world, didn't he? Yes, yeah, he did. Yeah, he started at, at roller. Uh, he, he said, obviously, that there is differences, isn't there? I'd imagine, obviously, things like the stopping and and that is a, is a great deal different. Yeah, you can't stop on, on the roller skates, but I don't really know much about it, really. Um, there's a lot of boys in ice hockey that actually play roller as well. So, um, like we were saying earlier, TJ Anderson, I know he plays plays roller. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, there is quite a few that play roller that are playing at quite high-level ice hockey, so I don't know if it has any correlation to your skating style or or that sort of thing. No, definitely the hand-eye, though, I suppose, that keeps it all in uh, in there, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But I've got one here from Daisy Arben. If ice hockey got banned, what other sport would you play? Uh, I'd probably probably play rugby again. Yeah, a bit more the physical side again. And Yeah, I used to play rugby as a kid, um, but then it started getting too much when I moved over to Guildford. So it was kind of... You, play train rugby on a Saturday morning, play a hockey game in the evening, and then southwest Saturday night, rugby game Sunday morning, and then ru- hockey again Sunday night. <laughs> um so yeah, it's getting a bit too much at that time. Yeah, God, that's uh that certainly is a schedule. Yeah, my dad didn't wasn't too impressed, but yeah. <laughs> I that's, that's something I do hope to get on the podcast actually before the end of this season is one of the hockey parents, especially for maybe one of the kids in our academy, because the 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 distances they're traveling and the, the time and effort that has to be put in, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, there's massive commitment from us, but it, it does stem from your parents as well, whoever's taking you to training and stuff and games as a kid. That's what mainly must tire them out so much. Yeah, yeah. But obviously then if you if you stick at it and you get to, you know, where you guys are, it's, it's probably worth it, isn't it, to see you enjoying hockey at a good level? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, dad and brother come to every single home game. They've been to a couple of away games this year. They love it. Um, so I guess it's kind of a hobby for them to go and watch it as well at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I sort of, I've discussed this a few episodes ago, actually, that it's, you know, some of the people that come, I mean, myself included, I just work all week and you know, family life at home. But I, I look forward to going to hockey at the weekend. Yeah. It's, it's something different as well, isn't it? You don't normally see it on the TV. So it's something different. It's your local team as well. So yeah, an extra thrill to it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I've got an uh, anonymous one here. What's your favourite moment on the ice for the Chieftains? Um, probably scoring against Romford at home, the first goal of the year. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, especially with, with Ethan as well. He just left Romford's first team. So that was quite nice, both of us to get a point there at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the following week, it was kind of announced that you got a second goal, but you didn't, did you? Oh, not a chance. That was <laughs> definitely Rainer's goal. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I think that was on December the eighteenth, wasn't it, against Milton Keynes? Yeah, Milton Keynes at home, the charity game we had. Yeah, I think did he did he tip in your shot? Yeah, you, you can see it in the video. The puck changed direction. Um, I was at the blue line. I just just chipped it in, kind of thing. Not not real hard shot, um, but he's very good at that. Getting tips on pucks in front of the net. Um, and yeah, it was it was definitely his goal without a doubt. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, cause of a little bit of confusion actually. Even with myself, I never even got round to re-recording. But it's, uh, 
Yeah, when when the uh, EAHL eventually get round to giving us some stats, I'm sure they'll get it right. <laughs> it's been a bit of a nightmare this year, really. It has been. It has been. Uh, I mean, sort of mentioned earlier in the podcast the the, chief, the chieftain's website. Uh, Simon Byrne, one of the fans, is doing some programming on that now. Um, oh right. So now the match reports and the and he's even doing it live during the games as well. There's so many stats on there. There's sort of percentages on uh, shots and penalties and goals. There's uh, the table updates live as he's putting the scores in. It's um, it's really, really good now. That's good. I might have to have a little look at that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's all, it's all there now. Uh, I've got one from uh, Instagram, Mr. Grizzles 11 uh, It says, what position do you play and why do you play there? So are you, are you fully a D-man? Yeah, I've been a D-man since oh, yeah, basically when I started, really. Um, I haven't really got the hands for the forward, but over time, I guess, if I was playing forward, I might be able to get them, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah no, you've certainly got a good shot on you. Yeah, shots all shot. I've got a decent shot, but my hands aren't a forward level like Ollie, the Bartlett's kind of kind of level. Yeah, they, I mean, they, them guys go through the not there, don't they? It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got one here from Oliver Bennett. What is the favourite moment of your hockey career? Uh, I was probably putting a GB shirt on for the first time. I oh, think. fantastic. When was that? Oh, uh, when I was under 16s. Um, I got yeah, so we went out to we did a tournament in Scotland, and we also did one in uh, Czech Republic, oh, and we also did the next year. So when I was uh, the right age for, for GB under sixteens, we did a little tournament in Swindon. Um, it was assistant captain there, so that was pretty good as well. That was nice. Oh, that's brilliant, mate! Fantastic. There's, I must admit, there's quite a lot of lads in our squad that do have that international level experience. Um, even in juniors and it just must put you in such good stead when you're all playing together yeah you play with a lot of the guys like like Ross I played with in like GB I played with him at conference as well so it was nice to see him come down to to Chelmsford this year yeah he's, uh, he's, he's been the unfortunate recipient of hit of the week this week because he got nailed by Rayner <laughs> <laughs> Rayner has a thing with hitting his own teammates a lot oh does he yeah he does yeah <laughs> He did have a little smile as he skated back to the bench and Ross sort of <laughs> floundered on the ice as Gemma's running out to him. Bless him. Yeah, and, uh, and Ross's girlfriend was messaging me during the game asking me how the game was going. And then I've had to message her and say, he's just been nailed by Rayner, but I think he's, I think he's okay. <laughs> Rayner loves it. He loves hitting his own teammate, especially Ross. Yeah, him <laughs> and Ross. So now I've got some questions from some of your teammates. Right. Which... As I'm, sh- I'm sure you're probably ready for some of them, and there's we'll try and keep it as clean as we can. Go but on. Cal Burnett has asked, "When is your trip to Turkey? And are we talking hair, teeth, or laser eye surgery?" Um, I'm embracing the baldness. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so you should, mate. I'm proud. So you should. The quicker you shave it off, the better. Shave it off and grab beard. <laughs> well, I can't even do that right, so I'm just going to be bald all over. <laughs> but yeah well, it suits Jib I think you could go that way oh yeah he looks good bald he shaves his head t- every two days he does yep so do I it makes us look hard <laughs> <laughs> uh, Grant has uh, asked you to tell us about your drive through diet oh well so Cameron Grant and uh, Ethan Reed are big big fans of the Mackey's drive through they are oh yeah I drove past them the other day after our game, and they even had to wait up because they got that much food between them. <laughs> Do you all go to the one across across from the uh, riverside? 
No, we went to the one by um by the Tesco's Miami Roundabout. Oh right, yeah. Uh, we went near there. Yeah, they, they they order a bit too much today. Yeah, they they had forty nuggets. That's all I know from their order. <laughs> Is it not for you then the drive-through diet? No, I'll, I'll do love a bit of good drive-through. Yeah, <laughs> I love a drive-through. I said, well, Callum will be on you, won't he? He'll be telling you to get on the get on the protein. Well, uh, Cal loves a good uh good little vegan drive-through as well. When we stop off on the way to games. It's, uh, it's quite hard trying to find him some vegan food sometimes. Yeah, I can imagine it is. That serves him right. <laughs> and uh, Ross Ross Clark has asked, how does he get a hairline like yours? Ross, mate, I know exactly what I want to say, but I'm not going to say it. But <laughs> uh, This is uh... coming because Ross said that you kind of gave him the Jedward nickname. Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, well, it wasn't just me. I think it was, it was some other... Uh... Might have been um, Leone actually. Might have might have named him that. Yeah. Um, but someone else called him a llama as well. So <laughs> I'd rather Jeb with than the llama. Did you see his hair over the Christmas period? Yes, I did. Yes, that's what I was about to say. I didn't know if anyone knew about that. Oh well, yeah. people yeah. should. We should be sharing these pictures left, right, and centre. It, <laughs> it was pink. It was blue. I think it was. It might even be black now. I think he's. Um... Yeah, he's changed it back to how he used to have it. Back to black, like brown, yeah. black kind of colour. <laughs> I know he's got his brother's wedding coming up, so he had to change it back. Oh, so yeah, he had to look relatively respectable for that, did he? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> but let's hope he doesn't get hit by one of his own teammates again and break his nose again. He might look a bit silly <laughs> again, then, wouldn't he? Uh, so then, I'm sure you're expecting this one. Kieran Rayner has asked, what is a sock-off and why are you so good at it? <laughs> Rayner. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be answered. <laughs> that cannot be answered, no. Is this for keeping it for the uh, PG? Yeah, that's definitely keeping it PG, yeah. Right, well, when I, see, when I see you over the weekend, you're going to have to tell me. Yeah, I can explain it to you in person, just not on the podcast. <laughs> Fantastic. Dan, thank you so much for joining me on Zero Plex Given. I've had a right laugh talking to you. It's um, the times I spoke to you at the rink as well. You're a lovely chap. Really enjoy watching you play for the Chieftains. Give you all every time. Uh, have you got any personal ambitions for the rest of the season? Try win some silverware, I think. Just yeah. give what you can to get silverware for the team. So we've got a big week coming up this week, haven't we? We've got the Cup semi-final this weekend. Yes, so a massive weekend. It is a huge weekend. So some, you know, hopefully get some, some of the lads back from injury as well. Have a nice full roster going down to Slough on Saturday. Yeah, it, that's what we need. We need a big full roster and run hit Saturday running hard against Slough. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they got the better of us last time down there, didn't they? I think it was 3-1. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a scrappy game down there the last time. Um, it's, there's such a young team. Like, like I was saying about Romford earlier, it's just only about to shut them down and hit them running as well. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, and I would imagine then it, we'd be looking at, I think, Solent or Invicta in the other side of the draw. So, it's um, yeah, it's a cracking cup semi-final lineup. Yeah, it's nice to see Shretham's not in it as well. Yeah, they had a few issues, didn't they? I think um, Antonov was suspended after he kicked one of the Romford players in the head at the playoffs last year. Yeah, so he, he didn't sit his full band because obviously their their team thought that it would uh, kind of the thought... uh, preseason would account for it, but it didn't. Yeah, but it didn't. Yeah, so I think the the game they beat us in the cup got reversed to five 0 and I think two other of their games got put to five 0 as well. So. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, they ended up at the bottom of that group, but they I know they're they're still looking quite strong in the league, and obviously there'll always be a, a challenge in the playoffs. But the um, 
I think with us all going into the playoffs, I mentioned on the, the last episode, Romford are so far behind on games, they're going to have a massive say in where everyone finishes. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that, mate. So, we know, I mean, you never know. We could end up with Essex Derbies as a playoff quarterfinal. We could do, actually, yeah. Thinking about it, we're kind of around the same sort of area in the uh, in the league. Yeah, if they end up fourth and fifth, I can, uh, I can see that happening. Yeah, no, they'll be very good games, no matter what, who we get and who anyone gets. They'll all be good playoff games. Yeah, they always are. Playoff hockey is, is fantastic. Anyone who's not seen it, uh, you know, once they start, even before, you know, I think we've only got five home league games left now. So get down, fill up the Riverside for them home league games. And then playoff hockey is just ferocious. It's a completely different style of hockey, really. Yeah. You're playing like it's your last, last time playing for the year, really. Yeah, and it's, uh, I don't think it's actually been announced where the, the showpiece will be yet. Um, I no. don't, don't know if they're waiting to see if Lee Valley gets finished. I'm not a clue, mate, to be honest. I'd have thought it would be at Milton Keynes again, but don't hold me to that. I don't have any, don't, don't have any idea on anything. No, I mean, I know it was at MK last year and they've got a great facility up there, but I would have, I'd imagine if Lee Valley's finished, they might try and host it there because that is looking incredible. Is it? I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, from, from what I understand, there's actually going to be two pads inside. But um, yeah, I believe they were meant to get it done before the Olympics, but um, with budget and everything, they had to kind of hold it off. Yeah, but I drove past it the other day and from the outside, it just looks phenomenal. It looks like a proper arena. Yes, that's good. So, anyway, mate, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a real pleasure to chat to you. No worries, mate. It's been a pleasure. Good, good luck for training this week and good luck for the Cup semi-finals this weekend. And I'll see you over the weekend. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Nice one. Cheers, Bye. buddy. Uh, thank you to Dan Hitchens for joining me there on Zero Pucks Given. Great to have a chat with Dan. Every time I chat to him, he's he's always smiley, upbeat, always like having a chat with chat with Dan. So thanks again for coming on, mate. Uh, fixtures then for this week. We do have the Britain Cup semi-final weekender. So Saturday we are down to the hangar to face Slough Jets before they come back to the Riverside on the Sunday. So a two-legged tie. The best uh, best score will win over the, the two games, like an aggregate, aggregate set up. So... Yeah, let's get as many people down to as we can. I think it's tickets on the door. They may still have some parking issues around the hangar, so I would check the, the Slough Jets social medias for any details regarding that. And then the home game at the Riverside on the Sunday night. Of course, this is a cup game, so if you have a season ticket, you will still need to purchase tickets for this cup game uh, and get in there quick because we are tend to be selling out most home games now. So thanks again to all my guests that have come on today, to Stephen Matthews, to James Irons, the Elite League referees, Really, really great to get their perspective on things. And again, of course, to Dan Hitchens for joining me. Uh, episode 13, done and dusted. Really, really enjoyed it. Hope you enjoy it too. We'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted by Anchor on Spotify. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast outlets. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get notifications about new episodes. Follow us on social media, Instagram at Zero Pucks Given Podcast, Twitter at Zero Pucks Pod, YouTube at Zero Pucks Given, email Zero Pucks Given Podcast at gmail.com. The music in this podcast is taken from Spotify and I do not own the tracks. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.